Tvameva mata cha pita tvameva Tvameva bandhu cha sakha tvameva Tvameva vidya dhavinam tvameva Tvameva sarvam mamadeva deva I bow to the Lord in all his forms, including your forms. I would like to read today a shorter one than usual, and perhaps it won't seem so significant, but we're going to get into it more. It's the saying, uh, Conversation 287. A few of us were working on the grounds at Master's Desert Retreat. One afternoon, the master came out and shoveled alongside of us. It was a hot day, and seeing him pant a little, I commented pleasantly, hot work. He looked at me a little sternly and said, it is good work. He believed very much in the importance of work, manual work. Just as Mahatma Gandhi did, who used to have his jarka and spin cotton, many people have an idea that they have been assigned by society certain tasks. This is especially true in India, where the caste system is strong and it's not easy to shake. I would like to talk a little bit about the real origins of the caste system, which were not intended originally to be either suppressive or hereditary. The caste system, as my guru explained it, depended upon the individual the son of a Brahmin could be a Shudra. The son of a Shudra could be a Brahmin. Usually you take on the qualities of your progenitors, yes, but not necessarily. There's a woman who remembered her past life as an outcast. She used to just be a sweeper. And in this life she was a, a Brahmin. And it was a little embarrassing to the family to see the kinds of things that she'd carried with her. But don't get one of the great obstacles on the spiritual path, as my Param Guru used to say, are pride of pedigree. The ego in all its different ways, but pride of pedigree is one of them. The thought of my family is especially good family, or my country is better than other countries. This uh, Aryan pride, which is total nonsense. The Indian people are just as much Aryans as the white people in the West. Now, there's, this is the wrong kind of thinking. God is in everything. He's in the Beatles. And I don't mean the singers. Obviously, he's in them, but he's in every beetle that crawls on the ground. He's in everything. And we should take that, <coughs> that understanding of the caste system not as a means of putting us in our place, but as a means of helping us to understand where we should direct our attention in order to grow. Now, this is a very important point, because people don't really know where they're supposed to go. They think that their duty is to become, to support their family, to get their children to college, to make money. But the caste system has showed us directly where. You see, when we come into this body, we come in from a lower level, an animal level. The beginning people, uh, when people first manifest in a human body, they often have more animal than human traits. It's an interesting story that a, um, Mr. Naidu, he was a doctor actually in uh, South Africa, he told me about the clinic that they had, that the 
um, people, the Zulus, would come in and they'd get into these fights on Saturday night and somebody would sometimes come into his clinic with his belly completely cut open by a knife in his hands. In his hands he'd have his intestines and he almost fainted seeing this. And the, the uh, man who was a primitive person but he had no, uh, he wasn't oversensitive as civilized people tend to be. And he said, oh, don't bother to give me anesthesia. I'll just shove it in and sew it up. And a woman came in one time with her breast hanging. She'd had it cut off in a barroom brawl. And it was just sort of barely attached. And she just said, oh, don't give me anesthesia. I'll just shove it on and sew it up. It's okay. Well, this kind of thing is, is uh, for civilized people, as we like to think ourselves to be, almost inconceivable. The truth is those people are really more sensitive than we are. When it comes to their um, sensory awareness, they can see at a greater distance, they can smell things that you and I can't smell, they hear better, as a rule, not necessarily everybody, but it is a fact that uh, it isn't lack of sensory awareness that makes them this way, it's lack of excessive dependence upon the body. They aren't as ego-conscious as people become, as they become more <coughs> so-called civilized. Ego consciousness is the greatest barrier. Those people who have not developed much ego consciousness often are very intuitive. The uh, aborigines in Australia, there was a man told me that an aborigine who was working for him said that he had to go to uh, his uncle because his uncle was unwell. And he said, but your uncle's way out there where there's no post office, way out in the desert, how, how do you know he's unwell? He said, well, I just know. And when he came back a couple of weeks later, he, uh, his boss asked him, well, was he unwell? He said, oh, yes, just matter-of-factly. They have developed a quality that most civilized people have lost and consider almost miraculous. Well, there's a certain a kind of preternatural intu intuition as well as a supernatural intuition. The preternatural intuition is that which animals show, like that case of the cat that I've mentioned some time back. That was, they had, the family was moving from, I think it was Minneapolis in Minnesota, all the way to Seattle, which was a good 1,500 miles away. And uh, so they decided they had to leave the cat, and they put the cat under the care of a neighbor and felt it was okay. Well, about six months later, that cat turned up on their doorstep. How could that cat find them? With all the smells of the freeways and everything, it's nothing, no sensory knowledge. It was pure intuition. Animals have a certain intuition, which so-called civilized people generally don't have. This is preternatural. It's not supernatural. It's something we're all born with. As we grow, however, in spirit and reach the human level, we have certain, the ego has to learn to deal with itself in an uplifting way. And as I said, the ego is a great uh, obstacle because as you develop spiritually, I mean, not so much spiritually as culturally, socially, you develop also the importance of uh, the ego. You think that I should do this and be important and I should be ahead of other people and so on, which people in lower levels of, of evolution may not have so much of a thought like that. Animals have some of that, but not so much. 
Well, the Shudra consciousness is one who hasn't yet learned to use his ego in an uplifting way. He hasn't used to learn to use his intelligence. He hasn't learned to use his refinement. He may have, for all that, a certain amount of his preternatural intuition, but basically he's sort of a laborer. He works with his body and uh, he doesn't think. Well, this is the Shuddha. And the Shuddha is a lower caste only because he's come into the human level and needs to work his way up. And the whole purpose of the caste system is to show people that there is a direction to develop. You aren't in this body just to enjoy your senses and just to get fat and um, bloated and have children and that. No. You're in this body to learn, to grow. And so the wonderful thing about the caste system, <coughs> it is a curse if it's abused. It's a curse if people think, well, I shouldn't do this, it's beneath me. Nothing should be beneath you. But the purpose of the caste system is to help you to grow toward um, something higher. So what is the next stage? Well, the Vaisha stage. A Vaisha is a merchant type. A merchant type is somebody who he is using his intelligence, but for his own ego, for his own gratification. He uses his intelligence to become rich. But he doesn't use it to help other people. He doesn't use it in, this, in an exalted way. Well, a Shudra should learn to use his intelligence somehow. Um, he should be encouraged to. One way to encourage him is to be a servant in the home of people who are Vaishyas, or the people who are more evolved than he. This is a good thing. This is why having servants can also be a good thing, not necessarily a, a depressing uh, influence on people. To be a servant in a home of people who are more advanced than you is sort of like the benefit that a dog acquires who lives with human beings and learns to even think of himself as a human being. But a Vaishya is only a very low stage still. You have to learn to use your intelligence for the good of other people. You have to learn to use your intelligence to um, help guide people, to serve people, to uh, whatever wealth you have shared with people. Help them. Well, this is the true Kshatriya stage. Now, mind you, these different stages are, there are plenty of saints who are Shudras in caste or Sudras in action. They may have been just farmers, but they may have been very saintly people. And there are many Vaishyas who are not at all um, just Vaishyas. They're noble, they're Kshatriyas. And the reason that they're giving, after all, the ancient civilization of India had many more types of people than just farmers and merchants and soldiers and politicians and priests, many more. It was a complex a civilization, too. But these epitomize. The Shudra typically is somebody who uses his body, not his mind. The Vaishya typically is somebody who uses his mind, but for craftiness, for cunning, for personal gain. A Kshatriya is a soldier in this sense. There are plenty of roistering soldiers who don't help anybody and they're getting into barroom brawls and things like that that are by no means the true Kshatriya mentality. The real mentality of a Kshatriya is this, that he is willing to sacrifice his life for his, the defense of his own people. Now, when you have reached that point where you're willing 
to say, well, it doesn't matter even if I die for the sake of other people. That is why it is true that Kshatriyas who die, true soldiers who die in battle, may indeed go to heaven and spend a long time there because they have reached the point where they, they don't even think of the importance of their own physical body in order to, self, to help other people. Well, this is good karma. One time somebody asked my guru if people who were fighting in um, Korea against the communists were getting bad karma. He said, no. First, but of course, he didn't mean all. But if you, if you acted in the right way, if you did it to defeat an evil regime which sets materialism above every other value, this is evil. Communism is an evil philosophy. And it doesn't take into account spiritual values. It glorifies the worker. It glorifies the shudra. This is not a spiritual teaching. There has been a total upset of all values in our times. But the true direction of growth is that when you are a Vaishya, what you should try to do is grow from that to help other people. Use your ability to become rich, to learn how to amass a fortune for yourself. Lose it for other, other people. Use it to, to be a benefit to others. Then you become a true Kshatriya. You may not be a soldier, you may still be a merchant, but you're using it in the right way. My guru's most advanced disciple was a very successful businessman, you might say then, a Vaishya. But he was very giving, very serviceful, and above all, completely in love with God. That's the true value. And so what we see in the caste system is the direction toward constant growth toward Union with God. That's what it's all about. Therefore, the highest caste is the Brahmin. But it's no good at all if the Brahmin begins to get proud and begins to look down on others because they aren't Brahmins. Then he's no true Brahmin. As it says in the scriptures themselves, he is not a Brahmin who is merely born a Brahmin. He is a Brahmin who lives like a Brahmin, who is, lives for God, who lives for seeking God and helping other people to find God. This is the state of a Brahmin. And in this sense, you have to say that there are plenty of Brahmins who are Shudras. Brahmins in their bodies, in their formal caste, but Shudras in their mentality. The whole purpose of the caste system is to help us to understand that there is a direction that we need to grow. There's a direction of evolution. And your caste really depends not on what your parents were, but on what your own mentality is. <coughs> there is nothing to prevent a Vaishya in this incarnation from becoming a Kshatriya or a Brahmin. If he lives like a Brahmin, he may start out trying to earn money. This is what my Guru's most advanced disciple tried to do. And then as he grew, he began to understand that he wanted more. He had the great, wonderful, good karma to grow above all spiritually. And when he met his Guru, then he knew that was what he wanted. But the wonderful thing about the caste system, if it isn't abused and if it isn't misunderstood, is simply this, that its purpose is to help you to grow toward your own actual destiny, which is to find God. You won't grow suddenly, in a sudden leap from one thing to another. You have to grow gradually. A shudra has to become a vaisya more. 
in the sense of using his brains, at least for his own benefit, then he has to learn to use, and he can learn in one lifetime, learn to use his brains to help other people. And then when he's learned to help them and become a good administrator and a good leader and a good servant of his people, then to understand that the greatest thing he can do for them is not just giving them uh, success in the world, but making them more God-conscious. This is why a Brahmin is the highest, but he's not the highest if he doesn't live like a Brahmin. So my guru said, it is good work. He wanted me to understand, wanted all of us to understand, that whatever we do, if we do it for God, it is good work. We need to see everybody without this sort of supercilious attitude that they are beneath us, or this subjective attitude <coughs> of um, others are above us. Everybody is equal, but we need to be at the same time, understand that all are brothers, all are one with that infinite. All are expressions of the same truth, and the Brahmin and the Shudra are equal in God. God bless you. Joy to you. I've been in many countries and mixed with many men. I've shared their days of sunshine, gone with them in the rain. The fires at evening said we were brothers. The fires at evening said we were brothers. A soldier I saw weeping beside a dying friend. My officers had preached I must hate him till the end. But seeing his grief, I knew we were brothers. But seeing his grief, I knew we were brothers. A man sat on a doorstep to see the children play. The gentle way he smiled there would charm your fears away. A stranger he but love made us brothers. A stranger he but love made us brothers. One day I climbed a mountain with friends of other lands. The words we used were different, but joy one understands. Our gladness in God's world made us brothers. Our gladness in God's world made us brothers. The words and customs vary like waves upon the sea. One life beneath the surface finds everyone to me. Who knows himself knows all men as brothers. Who knows himself knows all men as brothers. Then brothers, why endeavor to set ourselves apart? The fences we've been building squeeze tight upon our hearts. Come sing the truth that all men are brothers. 
Come sing the truth that all men know.